Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to begin talking about Christmas. Does anybody like Christmas? I, uh, I, I never used to care for Christmas much. I had a lot of woundedness. The last memory I have of my earthly father uh, was a Christmas gift, and he was out the door, and I never saw him again. And, uh, and so there was a lot of woundedness that I carried. I always hated setting up the tree and all of this, but uh, by the grace of God, the Lord has healed me. He has restored me, and now, you know, watching my kids and my wife get so excited about all of this and seeing really the, the heart of, of Jesus, even for this season, uh, has been so tremendous. And so uh, uh, I don't know if you carry any woundedness connected to the holidays. That's a frequent theme, but uh, I think today even this message is going to maybe help bring some healing to our lives. So Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2 it's a prophetic declaration over Jesus. This is 700 years before Jesus was born, and this is what it says. The people who walked in darkness, verse 2, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest. As men rejoice, they divide their spoil. You've broke the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of the oppressor and the day of Midian. Every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. I'll explain that in future weeks. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it, and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Wow. Lord, I, I just commit this word to you, even this series, as we come into the, this Christmas season, Lord, as we recognize the reality of your birth and your life and all that you have accomplished, Lord, I just ask that you would take this message Speak to our hearts and change our lives in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. You know, I've, I've always kind of personally just avoided some of the stereotypical verses. You know, everybody should preach on Isaiah 9 sometime through the holidays. And uh, uh, personally, I've always tried to break the mold, but I don't know, the Lord's working in me or something, I guess. I, uh, I felt like I needed to. As I, was, as I was meditating on this, and my family and I, we actually started uh, some, a devotion that we've been doing together every night and, and reading, and, and this was one of the passages we went through, and it just began to, to stir my heart, and so I feel like it's going to give us a good course to walk over this next, over this next month. But uh, you'll notice that Isaiah, he prophesies, I mentioned this, 700 years before Jesus was born. I want you to think about the details that are given. In fact, you'll, you'll notice that even in the, the previous chapter, uh, we didn't read this passage, but in chapter 7, he really begins this whole prophecy, and he actually talks about the virgin birth. And then he talks about how, how God is going to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then he moves into this whole passage that we just read about what, what the coming of Jesus is actually going to look like. And, and can I just remind you, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about Christmas you think about a baby in a manger, if you think about gifts that were given, you know, the wise men, you know, there's all of these, these pictures that come to mind, and, and many of those things, all of those things are wonderful. But can I remind you that Jesus came to do something very radical? The coming of Jesus was really, in many ways, what I would call revolutionary. 
you'll see that there was a number of times, in fact, it's repeated three times in the passage that we just read, and it uses the word government. One time it uses the word kingdom. And let me just ask you, you don't have to answer this out loud, what comes to mind when I say government? You think about our government, uh, I, I don't know, how many of you have positive phrases that are popping into your mind when you think about government? Was there any hands? I don't know if there was. How many of you have negative phrases that pop into your brain when I say government? Okay, uh, and most of you didn't vote, so uh, y'all got to get out and vote. Maybe we'll see some good change in the government. Okay, so no. Um, anyway... But you think about government, and most of us, uh, and I kind of anticipated that, most of us have maybe a negative connotation connected with government. Because inevitably, we've all been disappointed when it comes to government. You look at local government, and you've got opinions about how business should be handled, or how about construction should be handled, or how COVID should be navigated. We've all got thoughts and ideas, and when leaders do things that differ from the way we feel like, there's frustration, there's anger, there's disappointment, and it's like, we need a new whatever, right? There's moments where uh, even, in the, even in the presidential election, I'm sure that many of us, we loved the last president we had in office. And there's others that despise the last president. You're, nobody's ever going to be happy. We look now, and, and I don't know if you did this. I mean, I, I was disappointed with this last election. In fact, you look at the polling numbers, and on a historic level, everybody on both sides of the table are disappointed with the way things are going right now. And so, you know, this is a good fuel for prayer for all of us. You ought to pray for it. One thing that I've decided is I do not want to go into politics I, you know, have opinions about a lot of these things, and I participate and I vote, but I would not want any of those guys' jobs. So God bless them. Speak to them, lead them, and direct them. But what I want you to understand is there were three times in this prophetic passage where it was declared that what Jesus was going to bring was a new government. And some of you may immediately begin to move and say, yes, Jesus, come and take over all the government right now. You can look at our government, the governments of the world, and boy, we've seen a lot of systems. And inevitably, all of them have been imperfect. All of them have failure connected to them. All of them have disappointment connected to them. This is why I think it's so radical that Jesus came to establish government. Now, I wrote down the definition. If you don't know what government is, this is actually out of Webster's 1820 Dictionary. And I, I specify that because did you know that Webster was actually a Bible scholar? Like, there's a translation of the Bible, Webster's Bible. And, uh, and so if you look at the old, the original Webster's Dictionary, you'll find all kinds of, there's Bible references for every single definition. It's really amazing. You could preach from the dictionary. It's cool. Uh, in fact, my mom bought me one of It's like this thick. Uh, I've got one of the dictionaries myself. But uh, government defined from Webster's, the exercise of authority. Everybody say authority. It gives direction, restraint. It's exercised over the actions of men in communities, societies, states, administration of public affairs according and established uh, according to established constitution and laws. Another definition within the same is uh, an empire, a kingdom, a state, or any area over which the right of sovereignty is extended. Do you understand that what Jesus desires to do is not just inspire good church meetings? What Jesus has come into the earth and is looking to institute is his sovereignty, his rule in his reign over empires, kingdoms, states, territories, communities, societies, administration, public affairs, constitutions, every law. That is the degree to which our Lord and King desires to extend his power. That's big. And so you and I, you understand how radical. We were singing the song just a little bit earlier. We were praying and singing, 
Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Jesus instructed us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. He said, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom is government. I want you to think about this for a minute. Because I feel like we get the lullaby effect come through our brains. You know what the lullaby effect is? You ever sing the lullaby? You're putting your baby to bed. You know, don't, don't sing this over baby Micah, you guys. You're putting baby to bed, and you're looking to comfort them, and you start singing the lullaby. Rock-a-bye baby on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, bow is a branch. When the branch breaks, the cradle will fall. And down will come baby, cradle and all. What a comforting song. <laughs> it's horrible. But you never pay attention to the lyrics because you've heard the melody. Maybe you've sang the song. and You've heard it so many times. The weight of the words has now just bypassed us. And I fear that there are familiar passages in Scripture that the implications are huge, but we've heard it so many times. The weight of what we're actually saying has just completely passed us by. Think about this. Father, through Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Do you know what you're praying? This is a radical revolutionary prayer you are literally saying the kingdoms of the earth need to be uprooted and your kingdom needs to come the kingdom of darkness that is ruling and reigning over most of the planet right now needs to be destroyed and your kingdom needs to come this is a radical prayer now, I'm not asking you guys to take up arms and we're going to start a revolt or anything like that. I don't want you to mishear me. That is going to happen one day. You know that? The disciples were ready for that. Jesus, when are we going to overthrow Rome? They were ready because that's what's going to happen when Jesus Christ returns. He's going to turn over every natural kingdom on the earth and he will reign supreme over all right now. You and I are doing the spiritual groundwork. You understand, anything that's going to be done in the natural needs to be preceded by spiritual work. This is why we pray so earnestly. If we want to see breakthrough in our building program, we need to do the work spiritually. You want to see your family come to Jesus? There's warfare over their life. You need to do the laboring in prayer. You're going to find, you, you want, yeah, I want an evangelist to go. I want TV to minister to him. I want the gospel. I want somebody to hear a Christmas carol and get saved. But we need to precede that work in the place of prayer. It has to happen spiritually before it will happen naturally. Does that make sense? It's exactly what Jesus has instituted. This is why Jesus came and he's doing a spiritual work. When he comes back, he'll do it in the natural. He will. He's going to raise up. In fact, he says that we're going to rule and reign. Some of you may end up being a ruler over a nation under the leadership of King Jesus. I mean, this is crazy. I'm not, that's all end time stuff. I'm not going to go too far into that. Kingdom. Government. This is what Jesus came to establish. And you know what's amazing about this government? My, as my family and I were doing this devotion together. You add words that you associate with government. Disappointment, failure, scandal. I, I don't know. Don't, don't tell me what you think. Some of it's not church appropriate, I know. But you know what word is continually associated with the kingdom of God? It's amazing. You'll see over and over and over again. A single phrase that is repeated in verse 2. There was darkness and now there's light. And there was joy. 
It says that people were living under the shadow of death. Literally, death is looming over us, and we have been moved to hope and light. And then it says you increase joy. And then it says you have multiplied the nation. That's growth in the nation. That's God's blessing on a nation, and there is joy. They rejoice. That's expressions of joy. According to the joy of harvest, that's God's provision coming into our lives. And there's joy connected. Men rejoice as they divide the spoil. That means the enemy, uh, that God is uprooting and casting out the enemy, and we get the spoils of war. Oh my goodness. He talks about in verse 4 how there is bondage and we are moved into freedom, how the rod of the oppressor is broken, and there is joy. Everybody say joy. That's what the kingdom of God brings. And boy, if there's anything, we need, we need a fresh baptism in joy. I'm just convinced. Some of us, man, we just like, we, we look like we've been sucking on prunes. And you want people to be drawn to the Lord by the sour look on your face? I want what that guy's got. All right, I'm not going to get too mean to you, but I'm just like, what are you carrying around? You know, some of us, I always talk about the spirit of Eeyore. We're just dragging around. Oh, it's me. And somebody's going to look at that and go, oh, man, I want what that guy's got. I was depressed and suicidal. I was drug addicted. I was in perversion. But when people look at me compared to who I was in 2003, what happened to you? I smile now. You know, and it's not even substance influence. Like, I smile. It's real, you know. I love my marriage. I, my kids, man, we were just, you know, last night, we were just playing Connect Four. And we were just laughing so hard. I mean, it was just, a, I don't know, man. I just, I remember that moment where, you know, I was actually a Bible school student. I've been clean off of drugs for a couple of years. But, it, you know, it takes a little while, even chemically, for your brain to kind of reprogram. And I remember sitting in the men's dormitories just, you know, talking and joking around with some of my friends. And I remember the moment where I felt joy come back in my heart. It was such a foreign thing. It was like for real. I was having flashbacks to like my childhood. Like, man, I haven't had this since I was playing in the woods with my little brother when I was six. Like I, I, but that joy. You understand, when we're in the kingdom of God, one of the things he desires to release in us is his joy. The book of Romans actually says what the kingdom of God looks like. It says that it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what we contend for. When I, when I talk about Jesus bringing a new government, a new kingdom, this is what it looks like. It's righteousness and it's peace and it's joy. How many of you think you, that, that the world could use a fresh outpouring of God's righteousness? I mean, every day, every day, I mean, abortion's been front and center in the news this last week. School shooting in the, in the news this last week. Depression and home abuse and, uh, I mean, on and on. We need the righteousness of God to sweep across our nation, to sweep the world once again. That's what the Lord desires to do. Not just us to have happy prayer meetings, no, but to see transformation as a new government, as a new kingdom is released on the earth. Peace. You know, this pandemic has shown that Boy, fear and anxiety and all of this is, has kind of come to a whole new level. Am I still going to have a job? And, oh, there's a new variant that's going to be out. And, oh, and on and on. There's always things. And it's like, boy, we, we've, we've all had these moments where it's like, what's going to happen? But if you understand who your king is, you understand what kingdom you're a part of. There is a, there is a security and there is a peace. And a, Man, I don't know what's going to happen with my job. And I don't even know what my health is going to look like. And I don't, you know, but I do know who I belong to. And I know what he's able to do. And so, man, I'm of the mindset that, man, I'm going to contend for healing. You got disease, I'm going to pray for you. And if you die... 
You get to be with Jesus. So praise God. You're like, we don't lose, man. That's what the that's part of the joy of being a part of the kingdom of God. You, you can't lose. You look throughout history, man, they get frustrated with church people. They'd martyr them and the church would blossom. How does that work? God gets glory no matter what. That's how his kingdom works. How is it that people are persecuted? I about lost my step there. How is it people are persecuted and yet they have joy? You understand joy is not an emotional thing. It's, it's a deep root. It, it is a spiritual condition that you and I live and operate in. Happiness is emotional, and that can come and go. But joy is something that goes deeper on the inside of it, and it's something that only Holy Spirit can bring in our life. It's part of the government of Jesus. Boy, we need that. Part of what God desires to do. In fact, I, I shared this verse in the first service. I had people argue with me before. This didn't happen here. This was in a... Uh, another church that I pastored, I was actually doing a teaching about uh, how God wanted to make us whole. In First Thessalonians, you guys have that? First Thessalonians, it says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you, make you look like him. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, everybody say spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to make you whole. In spirit, soul, and body. I was in a meeting on one occasion where the topic of depression came up. And there was an individual who came and challenged me afterwards because I was talking about how if you want your soul to be whole, you need to dig into the word of God. You need to begin to retrain your thought process. Your soul is dealing with your mind and your emotions. And so you need to get right thinking. You need to get, you need to get your brain in the right place, right? Your body. Yeah, like me. I had a natural process for my chemical levels to get in order. You know, there's, there's some natural things that need to happen physically, chemically, if I'm going to be whole. But then there's this whole spiritual element that God, by his grace, is able to work in our lives. And remember, this guy comes up to me after the service, and he's like, no, pastor, I, you know, I, I, I deal with, with my depression. I deal with my PTSD, but it's all chemical. It's not spiritual. It's chemical. And so I'm on this prescription and this and that, and I'm not opposed to that. Again, get your body in order if that's what you need to do. But he was a denier that there was any spiritual element or there was any soul retraining that needed to happen. And I'm like, bro, if you want to be whole, you can't just work on one part and neglect the other two. And he was arguing with me, and, and so I just like paused. And this was like a Holy Spirit moment. And I said, okay, you believe that this is only a physical, chemical issue. How's that working for you? How's that working? And this man began to cry. He'd been struggling with PTSD. He'd gone through the military, had seen and done horrible things. And all he was doing was treating one of the three areas that the Lord wants to give us wholeness in. How's that working? That simple question caused him to begin to take down some of those barriers. And he began attending. I was doing a series on spiritual warfare and, you know, getting into the word of God and retraining our thought processes. And it absolutely transformed him. God began to restore and to heal. And, I mean, he's still in process. I'll be honest with you. He's still in process. But I tell you, he's a lot further in that process than he was when I was arguing with him a few years ago. That's what the kingdom of God desires to bring into our life. It's righteousness, it's peace, and his joy. Something deep-seated, wholeness, mind, body, and soul. It's so good. Now, I, uh, I want to just highlight, and this is really my closer. I, I didn't want to bring a lot today because I, I wanted to introduce you to one of the names of our Savior Jesus. It said that he would be born as a child. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son was given. I think that, that phrase is very particular because you'll notice that in the natural he was born as a child. A child born of a virgin. So there's a human side to Jesus. But we also see the, the divine side where a son was given of the father. 
And it's amazing, 700 years before he was born, that the prophet was inspired to write this, that it wasn't just a natural birth, but it was a divine giving of the Father. And it says that the government will be upon his shoulder. That means he carries it. That means he does it. I just want to pause here and just encourage everybody within the sound of my voice. Some of you might be hearing the things that I'm talking about, and you even, you even make this personal. Pastor, I struggle with sin. I need righteousness. Pastor, I, I, I struggle in my emotions. I really need God's joy. Pastor, I struggle with fears and anxieties, and what does the future hold? I really need the peace of God in my life. And, and so often, what, what, our, what our tendency is, is we'll just say, what do I need to do? How do I need to work? What's the next step? And, and can I just encourage you? You've already started on the wrong step if that's the question you're asking. It's not yours to carry. It's not yours to shoulder. This new government, this new kingdom and all that comes with it, the Bible says that Jesus will carry that government on his shoulders. It's not for you to carry. All you have to do is give yourself to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, carry me along with you, man, because I can't do this on my own. I, I've tried it for years, and, and I've only dug myself deeper in the mess that I'm in and the funk that I'm in. And Jesus, will you carry it? Will you shoulder it? The first name that Jesus is given is Wonderful Counselor. I think we all value counsel at times. We all want advice. We all want, we want someone to hear. And can I just tell you that Jesus is a wonderful counselor? If you need righteousness, if you need peace, if you need joy in the spirit, uh, schedule an appointment with the wonderful counselor. Get with Jesus. And, and and, and my encouragement is, is when you get with him, be honest. It's funny that Cindy Jacobs, in her word, she says that things are going to happen quickly. It already has, but I'll, I'll just tell you that's kind of been our life story. They prophesied over us just before my wife graduated that there was that God was going to make things happen very quickly for us in our life. My wife graduated Bible school. We got married the same day. Within six months, she was pregnant with Mariah. Six weeks. Within six weeks, thank you, pregnant with Mariah. Within six months, we took our first full-time uh, ministry assignment. Six months, we took our first church as senior pastors in southern Illinois. Praise God. I was 21. I was about to turn 22 when we took that first church. Messed up church. They had just come out of a church split. Uh, they had no statement of faith. They had no bylaws. They had no board. I did all of that. 21 years old, 22 years old. And the burden of being a senior pastor of being a father, of being a newlywed husband, all of this came upon me at the same time. And I was burdened. I was heavily burdened. There were seasons and there were times where that burden would manifest physically and I would have crippling back pain to the degree that my wife would have to help me if I was even to get out of bed in any way. Literally have to help me up days that I just couldn't even get out of bed. I was just, uh, it was horrible. So burdened. I remember one day I hobble over to the church office. We lived in a parsonage. It was on the same property. And I'm sitting in the office. And in the office comes a woman of God who I love. But she says, Pastor, there's a meeting that's going on right down the road. Your worship leader is slandering you pastor she's crying the things that they're saying about you and your wife oh they're horrible pastor and 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 I wanted to stop them and I you know I wanted to get up and like go down the street I knew where they were talking I wanted to go bust in the door and you know call down fire or something I was burdened I was I was heavy and she walks 
out, and I, I remember sitting there, and I had an honest conversation with God. You throw out all the formalities. Oh, Father, dear Lord. I don't know where we get the idea that, that God needs to be approached like that. I, now I understand honor. But he's, he's our friend. He's our lover. You talk to your wife like that? Do you, do you talk to your best friend like that? Do you talk to your counselor like that? All of a sudden, something just shifted in my heart. I was mad. I was frustrated. And I began to talk to God. I said, God, I'm mad. And it's your fault. Really, I began to talk. I don't know if you ever talked. Do you ever talk to God like that? God, I'm mad. And I think it's your fault. You're the one who called me here. You're the one who gave me this wife and my, and my kid and, and this church, and now the church is a mess. And God, what, are you, what is going on here? Remember, I went and put my face in the corner. And I don't know why, but this, this moment just sticks out to me, and I just began to, I began to yell. It was just me alone with God. Honest conversation with him. I said, God, your word says that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. But I don't feel like that right now. What's going on? Honest conversation with God. I didn't know it then. I know now. I was having a, a counseling session with the wonderful counselor. Shake off the formalities and shake off the titles and just say honestly what I'm feeling. Tell you, some of the greatest breakthrough I've had in prayer has not been in formal prayer meetings. It's not been in these times, but it's in these moments. I'm driving down the road and I'm burdened beyond belief. And Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen here. And in those moments, you feel God and his grace begin to come in and minister in ways that that I could never stir up on my own. If you've never had honest conversation with the wonderful counselor, I encourage it. Don't be disrespectful. Don't be dishonoring. But speak honestly with the Lord. Are you frustrated? Are you discouraged? Are things not lining up in your life the way that you know that they should? Be honest with the Lord about those moments in your life. The Bible says that you can roll your burden onto the Lord and He will sustain you. God, I'm burdened. And I don't know how to carry this right now. This is too big for me. I need you to take this, Lord. Did you know that that same day that I prayed, I felt literally in my physical body, that physical pain, leave. That back pain, I've never had it a day since that, that moment right there. I could barely walk at times. My wife, I mean, she'll tell you. But it was one day in the moment of prayer that I felt that thing lifted. One time it tried coming back on and I just, I flattened. I'm not receiving you back in my life. And it, and it went. And I've not had it back. Worship team, would you come? I'm, I'm, I'm closing. I'm done. The last verse I want to share, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Oh, this, is, this ministered to me. It blessed me so much. 1 Peter chapter 5, this is out of the Amplified Version, verse 7. It says, cast all your cares, all of your anxiety, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all, on Him. Because He cares for you with the deepest affection. And he watches over you very carefully. Church, have you ever had anxiety, worry, or concern? The Bible encourages us to cast those cares on him. Listen to me. Everybody look at me for a moment. Give your burdens to the Lord. Because he cares for you. He cares for you.
If I could make eye contact with every person in this place, look you in the eyes, I want you to know he cares for you. Whatever that fear, that anxiety, whatever that is, he cares. And he's watching over you. Jesus, you're a wonderful counselor. And God, today I... God, I just, this seems weird, but I, I want to formally introduce you to the wonderful counselor. Maybe you've never approached Jesus that way, but it's part of his government. It's part of how he leads. So he wants to counsel you. He'll hear you. Every frustration, every downfall, every failure, and yes, the victories and the joys and the, and the breakthroughs. He wants to hear it all. Oh, Jesus, you're a wonderful counselor. You're a wonderful counselor. Can we just stand to our feet all across the room right now and... I want to sing again the Lord's Prayer. Shake off that lullaby effect, and I want you to consider what it truly means to have a Father in heaven who has come. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Can we just sing this and invite the King of Kings to come right now? Come on. Glory 
You know, sometimes, I, sometimes, and I, I, I get in a moment like this, I just, I feel like I need to make a response. I feel like sometimes just taking a step of faith, just as an acknowledgement, yes, Lord, this is what I want. Yes, Lord, I, I want your kingdom, and I want all that comes with it. I want your joy. I want your righteousness. I need your peace in my life. And I don't know if any of you feel that. I, I want to pray for all of us in a moment, but, but if you're here and you say, you know what, I, I just feel like I need to take a step. I need to acknowledge. I need to ask the Lord to come and be the counselor and be sovereign over my life, over my, over my righteousness, over, over the, the peace in my heart, over, over the joy in my life. Come on, if that's you, I just I want to open up these altars. I'd love to pray with you and believe for the Holy Spirit just to just to begin to release things over your life. If that's you, I just want you to step out from your seat right now and just come and find a place right here at the altar. Come on. We're going to believe for heaven to encounter your life in a great way. Come on. Come on, if that's you. Come on, if that's you, I just want you to come. Take a step of faith right now. I feel real strong here. If you if you feel like I did a number of years ago and you just feel like I've got burdens that are weighing on my life and I need the Lord to lift it, I have faith that the very same thing God did for me that day in that office, He's going to do for you today. If you're carrying things around, I tell you, it'll even manifest physically in your body. I've got pains and I've got aches and I've got things because I know I'm carrying things that I need to give to the Lord. If that be you and you want the Lord to take that, I want you to join these at the altar right now. And we're going to believe for that to be lifted off of you. Come on. Come on. Take a step right now. Come on. Come on. Let's sing this again. Step out from where you're at. Come join these. Come join these. Is the kingdom yours? Is the power yours? Is the glory forever? Amen. Yours is the kingdom yours? Is the power yours? Is the glory?
man of God over here in the green, in the jacket, I just, I don't know what it was that you responded or what, what that particular call was, but I just, I, I look at you and I know you've worked very hard. And I just want you to know the Lord has seen your labors. And today there's a weight that's being lifted off. God is gracious, and, I, and even these moments that you've worked and you've labored and you've done it in your own strength, I, I want you to know God's not angry or upset about it, but today he's like, I'm going to make it easier for you. And so, Lord, I just, I just even declare over him, I don't, I don't know who he is or what he does, but I just see incredible fruit and increase and growth. That, God, there's going to be an ease even to the ministry that, that he releases, oh, Lord, that, that it's hardly an effort, and all of a sudden it just begins to explode into fruitfulness. God, I bless him. I bless him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Over this, over this couple, you guys can stay right here. Yeah, you guys. You know, I, I, I just, I had a sense that, that you as well have just, you've carried such a tremendous load. And almost to the degree, I, I, I don't know, I, I saw this load being placed upon you, being removed, but I see the Lord putting it back upon you. But even that which almost crushed and killed you, that which has almost wiped you out, I, I tell you, there's going to be a grace in this coming season. And that which nearly broke you is actually going to be very life-giving. I don't know if you had stepped into things or taken things prematurely or, you know, may, you know I even just see maybe there was the wrong partner in a, in a particular thing, but... But, but God's making it all straight now, and I just believe there's a grace that's being released over your life for this coming season. God bless them. God, every heart that's surrendered to you here in this place, release wholeness, wholeness, mind, body and spirit in Jesus name release your righteousness your peace and joy through the Holy Spirit God I just ask for joy from from the core of our being not even an emotional thing. It may manifest in our emotions at times, but from the deepest part of our being, joy, 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 joy in the name of Jesus. Pour out joy in the house of God. That God, as we experience your goodness and your grace and your mercy, let joy just begin to erupt from our hearts, erupt in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, mighty God. I just see the countenance of, of individuals literally shifting and changing where people used to look at you and say, are you grumpy? Are you angry? Are you mad? And all of a sudden, there's going to be moments where you don't even know that you're carrying it, but people be like, what are you so happy about? Mighty God. Mighty God. Wow. I want to lead us in a declaration right now. Maybe you're here and you've got sin that you need Jesus' righteousness to be extended over. Maybe you're here and you've got fear, anxiety, you need his peace. Maybe you're here and your emotions are out of order and you need his joy. I don't know about you, but at times I fall into one of all of those categories, and I think we all do. 
But it's not our burden to carry. He carries it on his shoulders. I want to pray. If you're not right with God, we're going to give that to him. If you want him to work in your heart, your emotions, we're going to give that to him as well. Would everybody within the sound of my voice, would you just pray this right out loud with me right now? Pray, dear Jesus, I ask you, Lord, receive me into your kingdom. For my sin, give me your righteousness. In my emotions, in my soul, give me peace. From the core of my being, I receive your joy. May it grow inside of me. As I come into your kingdom, may I receive your joy. Cleanse me by your blood. Wash away every mistake, all brokenness, every wound in my life. Heal me, forgive me, and make me whole. I give you my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my very best friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Wow. God is good. God is good. Now listen. Um, just one more thing. You want to know where this is really going to take root? A moment in, in prayer like this is powerful. It's wonderful. But where this is really going to bring change and transformation in our lives, you got to schedule some meetings with the wonderful counselor. You got to hang out with the wonderful counselor. You got to get with Jesus and have some of those open, honest conversations with him. You're not going to hurt his feelings. You're not going to hurt his feelings. Are you going to do it? You're going to spend some time with Jesus? All right, I hope so. Let me speak a blessing over you. Would you raise your hands all across the room today? I speak the blessing of God over you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Abraham was blessed in every way, may God bless you in every detail of your life. As God blessed Jacob, changing his name to Israel, may your name Christian cause you to be fruitful and multiply in all you set your hands to do. When you're tempted and tried, may you come forth victoriously as Job, resulting in twice as much as you had before. As you raise your children in the admonition of the Lord. May they in turn grow up godly, bringing honor to your family name. When you honor God with your tithe, may financial and material blessing run you down and overtake you in every area. May the devourer be rebuked and annihilated while others rise up and call you blessed. As you wait on the Lord, obey his word and seek him above all else. May the blessing of strength, courage, protection and favor be your reward. May the Lord watch over and guard your going out and your coming in. Kings Kona, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his light to shine upon you be gracious to you and give you peace i bless you in the name of the father in the name of jesus and the holy ghost amen 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 god bless you guys have a wonderful